trivia, discussions, opinions, and the chance to have your say. Welcome to the Topical Resort.
And with that, welcome back to another week of the Topical Resort. And as always, I'm your host, Viper, and, well, quite frankly, I can hardly believe that it's been a week already. That's me, not you, or any other factors. So, as you can clearly tell by the music we just played and the blog post, we're going to be discuss- discussing... No, we're going to be discussing Crash Bandicoot today. And why is that? How have we suddenly plucked Crash Bandicoot out of the air for a show, and how is this Sega-related... A question I've been getting quite a bit, but I will explain it to you anyway, even though I already explained it on the blog post, because if you have listened to this on the podcast, perhaps you didn't catch the blog post. So, the extent of it is that Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy is coming out on Switch next week in Japan, next Thursday, I believe. And in Japan, for some reason, Sega were like, hey, we're going to publish it, meaning this is now technically a Sega game according to our own rules. Which I'm sure some people, in fact I know some people in the Discord are very happy with because we do have quite a lot of Crash fans down in there. Speaking of our Crash fans, currently down in the Discord we have Ripgo666, we've got Electric Boogaloo, we've got myself, we've got Callum, we've got Brass Saturday and we have Spookabike underscore 2 who currently isn't listening, or no, currently is listening sorry but isn't chatting uh, due to being at work or driving but I think it's work driving. We'll find out later on. Or maybe we won't, who knows. But if you want to join the fun, as always, RadioSC.GF4/Discord, or if you want to just tweet us, that's fine as well, at RadioSega, at Topical Resort, at the Green Vibrate, or using the hashtag Topical Resort. I forgot to put out the uh, Show Is Now Live post by accident, because I was very busy and I had an internet problem, bang on 7 o'clock, so, whoops. Oh well, anyway, what you heard right there was from the insane version of Crash 3. That was Making Waves, and before that from Crash Bandicoot 1, the insane version, that was Insanity Beach. Now one thing you're going to notice is we're not going to be playing any of the music from the originals because there is no soundtrack switch in this game, unlike there is in the Spyro trilogy. So there's only the remade versions of the tracks, which I know some people don't like as much as the originals, but hey, we got to stick by the rules, it's the only stuff that's published by Sega, we got to make it count here, guys. But uh, I'm surprised, we haven't had as many requests as we normally do, but I guess that's because Crash isn't exactly known for being a uh, Sega mascot, so perhaps not everyone in the chat room exactly knows of the games, knows of the titles, but if you're if you're a bit like me, I sort of know my Crash, sort of know, but if you're a bit like me, then after this show tonight I can introduce you to some great new tunes from the series that you can uh, bop your head along to, and then maybe you'll pick up the release on Switch, PS4, Xbox One, or PC. It's been out on PS4 for like a year and a bit now. It, it came out really early into the show's run, so I wanted to do a special relating to... Actually, no, I did. I did a special relating to the PS2 to celebrate the fact that it came out, and then I didn't do anything when it came out on multiplat. But either way, it's been out here for ages in the West, so go and pick up a copy if you enjoy any of the music you're listening to tonight or you enjoy any of the segments where we discuss it. Either way, I highly recommend you get a copy of this game. And um, Electric says it's probably due to the fact my blog post went up late. Not really, I've posted it on Thursdays quite a bit normally, but yeah, it did go up later than normal on a Thursday, which I apologise about. I don't really want to get too much into it, but it hasn't particularly been a good week, and when it hasn't been a good week it means I'm either tired or I'm overworking, so I don't have time to write a blog post, and that's what happened this week. Either way, that that's uh, not to be discussed on this show, because this show should be uplifting. So, let's continue to uplift you, as we uh, lift you right on over into the Trivia Coast. Trivia Coast 
Our bi-weekly game show returns, and this time it's with some trivia that if you're a Crash fan, you'll probably know at the back of your hand, but I'm expecting a lot of people to not know some of this stuff, so... I don't exactly think any of this is um, difficult, but at the same time I think there's some that you... One in particular that you may need to Google, but the other the other things, um, they're fairly simple. So if you don't know the rules of the Trivia Coast, it's, well, once again, simple. All you have to do is uh, join our Discord, RadioSC.GF4Discord, as I mentioned earlier, and send me a private message. I am now ScreamViperate, hashtag 6383, because it's, uh, it's Halloween, I've got to get my spook on. So there's that, and yeah, private message me the answer. How it works is I give you a hard question, a medium question, and an easy question. Five points for the hard question, three points for the medium question, and one point for the easy question. You can answer them You can answer them as soon as I ask you the question, and you can answer them up until I play a little jingle that says, no more answers. So, fairly simple, but I, can also, I should also say that once I ask you one question, you can skip, still continue to answer the other questions. So say I ask you the easy question, you can still answer the medium and hard questions, and I ask you, the, I ask you them from hardest to easiest, just to give you a bit more time. Google is allowed, in fact it's even sort of encouraged, but it should only be a tool to get your answer, it shouldn't completely guide you towards your answer. With that in mind, let's get into this week's hard question. So, let me open up my notepad because I can't use notes on my radio software anymore. So, where are we looking? Here we are. So, Crash Bandicoot 2 is a game known for using the PlayStation's hardware relatively well, even if it does display many of the graphical issues commonplace in early to midlife PS1 titles. How many triangles does Crash's model contain in the second title in the series? How many triangles does Crash's model contain in the second title in the series? Now where to send the answer, get googling, I'm sure you'll be able to find out, but in the meantime, we're going to play, we're going to play some music from the second game, my personal favourite of this little trilogy here, from Crash Bandicoot 2. So this is Snow Go, right here, on Radio Sega.
Up next, Request Resort. Send your request relating to the topic of the episode in a tweet to at Radio Sega or the Green Viper 8. Or send it in a Discord DM to Green Viper 8 through our Discord server at radiose.ga forward slash Discord. For some reason, the jingle didn't play there and I don't have it lined up in my instant player to do it again. So let's do this right now. There it is, and let's hear it again. Hasty history. That is much better. You could have just done that the first time round, software. Yes, welcome back to the Topical Resort. What you heard there was from the original Crash Bandicoot Insane Version Slippery Slippery Climb. Then before that, from Crash 2, that was Snow Go. And now it is time to get into the history, as you just heard, admittedly on a bit of a delay. Also, we got a uh, twenty currently tuning in who is doing some impromptu cleaning. Hopefully, uh, the the exciting tunes of Crash Bandicoot and uh, the the smooth voice. Go- no, it's not smooth, but the voice going on right here. Hopefully, uh, it makes cleaning a bit more entertaining. And then we just had Jamie down the chat room, aka Mr. Spooky Man, who's uh, insulting insulting the the fact that this is a non-Crash Sega episode. Yeah, but uh, it technically is. I get an excuse to talk about a character that everyone really likes and I just sort of like nothing against Crash of course just I do really like the games I just never got into them as heavily as some of the other people in this on this discord seriously I think everyone tuning in tonight has spoken to me on end about how much they love Crash Bandicoot and yeah yeah I love him I can't, honestly my favorite Crash game isn't actually in this trilogy though so Crash 2 is such a good game on the other hand anyway it's time for the hasty history segment before that, just remember that you've still got time to get in your requests, so send them away at those places that you just heard right there, right now. So, let's get into the history, and it requires me to open up another notepad document. So, hasty history of the insane trilogy I decided to go for, because I think we've, all of us have heard the history of Crash 1 quite a few times. And, um, yeah. <laughs> There's a message coming through right now that I'm not sure what to think about, but um, I'm sure I will. I'm sure I will come to a conclusion about what I think about it in just a second. Either way, the history of the Insane Trilogy, because I think we've all heard the history of Crash Run a million times. Whereas the Insane Trilogy actually has quite an interesting history that people just don't regularly discuss. So it was first released on the PS4 on June 30th, 2017. While the other platforms got the game 364 days after release on June 29th, 2018. It's a collection of the Naughty Dog Crash titles, generally agreed to be the best in the series. The games were remade by Vicarious Visions, running in the engine made for the next-gen ports of the now-dormant Skylander series. The developers didn't want it to be a simple port with a few touch-ups, but they wanted it to be something special as they were all passionate about the franchise. This was when the idea of, the, of remastering all three games crossed their mind. The, fir- the first games were most... No, all of the games were done by I, and using development resources left over from the original titles, as they did not have access to the source code, and trying to port it to the PS4 would be unsuccessful, considering how reliant the game is on the PS1's hardware. New to these titles in this collection is the ability to play as Crash's sister Coco. Previously she was only playable in the levels designed for her in Crash 3, but now she's accessible in every level after you unlock her in all three games. Shortly after release, the game received DLC. This piece of DLC was known as Stormy Ascent, a stage cut from the original version of Crash 1 for being too difficult, yet the team decided to remaster it and add it as free DLC for the more experienced or hardcore fans of the series. 
The second piece of DLC known as Future Tense was released alongside the multiplayer release, being an original level relying on power-ups you gained throughout Crash 3. The game sold very well on PS4, leading the team leading the team to consider a multi-platform release. They only had the Xbox One and PS4 originally slated, but a single developer managed to port the Insanity, or Insanity Isle over to the Switch, proving that a full game port was possible, meaning that the Switch port released alongside the others. Sega announced that they picked up publishing rights for the title in, on the Switch in Japan, hence why we're discussing it now. Here's the hoping that Spyro gets published by Sega in Japan too. I'm sure you'd all love that. And that was the Hasty History, and coming up next is the Request Resort, and we've got a whole bunch of requests from a whole bunch of different people. We've got one from BritGamer98, one from Electric Boogaloo, one from Twinny, one from Callum, probably one from Jamie, I imagine he'll throw one in there at some point, because he hasn't done one yet. Unless he has? Maybe, oh no, he's typing, That I'd assume that means he hasn't. Um, I haven't played that, so I can get that on for you in just a second, Jamie. Also, um, if you're currently listening in live, this is a fun little thing that you can go and do down in the chat room. Although, to be fair, if you're listening in live, you're probably already in the chat room and you've already seen it. So, Brick666 is currently playing Sonic Adventure and needs some names for his chow. So, let's name his chow, everyone. What should we name his chow? The best selections will get read out on air if they're appropriate, because I, I know some of you people. I, I know some of the stuff you say. I'm uh, I'm always watching. Yeah, either way, um, I, one thing I should say actually is that a lot of the tracks that we'll be playing tonight are very short, you may have noticed. The first track we kicked off the show with, Insanity Beach, was only 44 seconds long. That's a common thing with the Insane Trilogy. For some reason, the official soundtrack doesn't loop at all. They just cut it off once it's looped once, which like... Okay, yeah, if it was a three-minute track, but it's a 44-second track. I mean, loop it, like, a few times before you end the track. But, um, I think I'm gonna, before I add it to the playlist, which will be happening next Thursday when the game releases, I'm going to look out for a hopefully different release. Maybe a, like, slightly better edited game rip, because the official soundtrack release does have quite a few issues I've noticed so far. The one that's on, like, Google Play and, um, Apple Music and all that sort of stuff. It does have some issues, and that's why a lot of the tracks we'll be playing tonight are short, so uh, we'll be picking up another copy of that before we add it to the playlist. And this reminds me as well, actually, on this subject, remember, if there's any Sega titles, or any titles published by Sega in other regions that you'd like to see on the playlist, uh, keep, keep in touch with me, because I'm the one who nowadays really adds to the playlist. And uh, it's not really easy to find out what games have been published by Sega overseas, like, there's no definitive list of it anywhere. No one really, no one really like documents it. So this one was the most well known because it's Crash Bandicoot. But then other ones go under the radar. Like I didn't even know until Scottnik showed me a picture of it. That um, yeah, I didn't even know until Scottnik showed me a picture that SNK Heroines, a fighting game title by SNK, is actually published by Sega in Asia. So it's just a lot of the stuff like that, really. You, I don't really know. So if you ever find out about a title being published by Sega in another region, let me know because I will add it to the playlist since it is eligible, much like Crash is here today. Anyway, with that in mind, I think it's about time we got back into the hasty... No, not hasty. I think it's about time we got back into the coast and checked out the current standings. Let's do it. Trivia Coast. So, 
quite a lot of you so far have already got the points, which is slightly worrying, but I underestimated how many of you in here were Crash fans. But if you currently don't have the points and you're lurking or you're um, on Twitter or whatever, then be sure to uh, let me know. Or not let me know, sorry, people keep sending me messages today, which is really off-putting. <laughs> You know, if you're currently listening on Twitter, or follow the links that we've already given you. Don't, don't even have to join the chat room technically, you can just private message me using Scream Viper at hashtag 6383. But uh, currently I only do it on Discord just because it e- it's easier to see Discord messages than it is to say, see like a private message on Twitter or on email. And plus it's just a slight bit more instant, so I'm going to respond to you much quicker. So uh, yeah, with that in mind... I should probably tell you that three people so far have managed to get five points. But you can still join the ranks. But can you get three points? Yeah, I think you can. Because <laughs> this is a really easy question for anyone who knows their stuff. Uh, th- this this absolutely beats the questions where I've made them stupidly difficult. And people are like, eh, give us some clues. Because you really don't need clues for any of these ones. Next time I'll step up my game quite a bit more. So, for three points, Crash Bandicoot 1 didn't always go by the title we know it by today. Before the onomatopoeia, and before the team chose a Bandicoot as the title character, the game's name implied something much different to the innocent and fun final name. What were the initial prototypes for Crash Bandicoot named? What were the initial prototypes of Crash Bandicoot named? And since Jamie wanted a repeat of the first question, how many triangles does Crash's model in the second? How many t- triangles does Crash's model contain in the second title in the series? And once again, if you got confused for the medium question, uh, where is it? What were the initial prototypes for Crash Bandicoot named? You know where to send in the answers. You know where to get the points. But for now, it's time to get into your request, and we're going to kick things off with a request from Brit Game at six six six. So, or. What's your Halloween name now? I can't remember. Uh, Brit Ghost 666 I, I mashed up your two names there. Whoops. From Crash Bandicoot 3, the insane version, this is Hang 'em High. Enjoy your requests. Request Resorts.
Why have you just skipped half the tracks? Um. Okay. Alright, welcome back to the Topical Resort right here on Radio Sega. I just had a heart attack because I was in the middle of responding to a bunch of people and doing other stuff towards the show, but apparently I'm not doing that now because half the tracks just skipped. So, what you just heard right there was from Crash or Crash 2. That was Coco Head Hologram, the uh, as requested by Electric Boogaloo. Before that, from Crash Bandicoot 1, of Toxic Waste, requested by... Who requested that, actually? I need to find who requested it, I think. Okay, it was Callum, yes. And before that, from Crash 3, that was Hang'em High, requested by... Uh, requested by Brit... I can't remember his name. His, his Halloween name. Brit Ghost 666 There we go. I'm sorry, I'm really not on the ball tonight. Um, yeah, so I guess now that means I'll be playing the rest of the requests in the next block, because... I don't know. Software issues are always lovely. But, hey, it's not exactly as if we're low on time tonight. I mean, we've got plenty of time as it is. So, uh, I should probably clarify this on air since a few people got confused about how to answer that question. Um, I did say... Yeah, I did say uh, in the question that it was the name of the prototypes, not Crash's name in the prototypes. So keep that in mind when you're trying to bag your three points because uh, if you if you miss out the question, you're going to have a bad time. I don't even think that's the quote. <laughs> I don't even know what's wrong with the radio software. I mean, I don't think there is anything. I think it's more of an issue with the files themselves, but I'll retry again anyway in the next music break. Oh well. It, it just meant I didn't have time to grab a drink and something to eat, which, um... Well, not something to eat, but, you know, something to, uh... I don't know what I'm trying to say. Something to snack on. I'm, I'm not going to eat a massive meal right now, but either way, that would have would have helped a bit with the stuttering, but there we go. So, what we have now is we're going to be going through the games on the, this week's Request Resort list. And in this case, well, you know it's Crash 1, 2, and 3, the insane versions. However, I'm also going to be discussing my opinions on the original releases too. Also, I need to open, open my Gmail. Let's do that. Uh, let's also open up another thing that I was going to open during that break but didn't have time to. There we go. Okay, so Crash 1... This is a pretty good start to the series, although it's definitely far from the best in the series, and it it does have a few issues, or I take a few issues with it personally. So I'm going to start off by talking about the original game and then how the new remake compares to that. So, Crash Bandicoot 1, a 3D game that only supports the D-pad, that's already going to cause some issues. Now, I, there's some people who absolutely swear by the D-pad for the Crash games. In fact, I'm sure there's probably a lot of you down in the chat room who are like that. I, I can play with a D-pad, and in fact I don't even mind playing with a D-pad, but given the option, analog controls all the way. Crash 1 was never re-released with analog controls, even when it came to like PS3. Uh, I think it had them when it came to PSP, of all things. But I don't know whether that was just emulating the D-pad. Either way, I think that one had analog release. But any console version that came out after PS1 did not have support for the DualShock or the... What's the name of the other PlayStation controller? The Dual Stick? I want to look this up now because it's going to annoy me. PlayStation 
Jewel Stick. What is it called? Someone will tell me in the chat after I've just spent all this time uh, looking it up. Station Analog Controller <laughs> Name. You're not helping me here. Um, dual Analog Controller, is that it? I think that's it. No, it's... Oh, oh, just show a picture of it. Yep, that's it. The dual analog controller. Come on, Wikipedia. You didn't have to show a photograph of it halfway down the page for whatever reason. And okay, yeah, Electric Piggly says, with the PSP, you can set the analog nub to emulate the D-pad. That's probably it. But either way, that still feels somewhat like a control stick. And also, Brit, Brit Ghost just uh, corrected me. <laughs> Uh, I love you, Radio Delay. Either way, yeah, so uh, it didn't support either of those two controllers, meaning if you wanted to play Crash 1 with a, a bit more precision, or I guess your definition of precision can vary. So a lot of people say the D-pad is more precise for movements, you can calculate them much better and a bit tighter control. On the other hand, with the analog stick, you can do your sort of slow movements, you can you can tiptoe along, or you can run full, full, forward, full, full pace forward. You know, you have a wider variety of speeds at access, whereas you have a, I don't know, tighter set of controls if you use a D-pad. But yeah, uh, either way, you're not getting, you're not getting control stick. But aside from that, the game itself, the game itself is really good. It's very tough. I have never beaten Crash One, not even got that far in it. But. I do understand why people respect it, and as a game, it's if it was just Crash 1 and the other two never came out, I think this would be re still regarded as a very good game on its own. Uh, then the Insane Trilogy version came along. I think this is the definitive way to play Crash 1. The other two games, I'll get to them in a minute, but Crash 1 I think is definitive on Insane Trilogy. You get the you get the choice finally of using analog or D-pad. So everyone who loves arguing over which one is better in the Crash series, well, you finally have an option. So you're not forced to use the one that you don't like, or maybe the one you like. You can still continue to use the one you like the most. Um, as a remaster, it's 1080p, uh, 60 FPS. No, actually, Crash Bandicoot One is the only game on console out of the three which is 30 FPS. Crash Two and Three on Okay, actually, minus Switch. So, Crash 1 is 30 FPS on everything except PC. Crash 2 and 3 is 60 on PS... I said PS3. Ah, sorry. Sorry tonight, guys. Um, yeah, Crash... Crash 1, 30 FPS on PS4, Xbox One, however... And, um, Switch as well, however it is. 60 FPS on PC. The others are 60 FPS on everything except... For uh, Switch, which runs at 30, thir no, 30 frames per second, but 480p in handheld mode, which I, it's a bit of a weird, odd decision. But hey, if it makes the game run smoother, uh, go for it. But yes, Crash, Crash One, Insane. The ideal way to play it is through the uh, Insane trilogy on PC as well. I should add, because you get that nice buttery smooth 60 FPS that you don't get on console. But this one especially looks gorgeous. Like, uh, I there's, there's some people who are going to disagree, but I think compared to Crash 2 and 3, a lot of the environments in Crash 1 on PS1 looks fairly bland. 
Whereas now they've been like spiced up quite a bit in the HD release. Whereas Crash Turn 3 already had really nice uh, level levels uh, aesthetically and design-wise. To where, yeah, you could definitely obviously notice a jump in quality compared to PS1 polygons to PS4 lushness. There's a definite difference, but at the same time, it doesn't quite have the same wow factor that you have with Crash 1 to uh, Insane. That's my personal opinion. I'm sure there's some people who disagree with that, but this as a remaster just really pops out compared to the original, and I'd highly recommend you pick up this release of the game. But if you pick up this release of the game, you get the other two anyway. Crash Bandicoot 2, my personal favourite of the trilogy. I originally played this on... The PSP actually was the first time I played Crash 1. Then after that I picked up an emulator and played it quite extensively from there. Even though I owned the Insane Trilogy, the furthest I've actually got in the game was on my Raspberry Pi. Which is... You think, why a Raspberry Pi can I even run PlayStation games? Yes. Using RetroPie, Raspberry Pi 3 can actually run PlayStation games. It runs them 60fps upscaled to 1080p. It's absolutely awesome because that means I get to play uh, Crash 1 PS1 at a crisp resolution on something the size of a credit card. Which would have blown anyone's mind back in like 1997. But yeah, that's like the ideal way to play the PS1 version in my opinion. But I really, I really like the PS1 version but I think Insane is also really good. But I'm so attached to the PS1 version that it, as it is that I don't really have a preference over which one. I like it's not it's not as clear cut as Crash One. Crash Two is a bit more blurred for me because I do love that original PS One release, but at the same time, the uh, the the PS Four controller and the sharp, crisp-looking visuals of the PS Four multiplat version is certainly a plus as well. I really should go back and play Crash on PS Four actually and attempt to beat it on Insane because. I really do love the Insane Trilogy actually, even though the, they, they both have their separate appeals in my opinion, and but there's, it's for that reason that likely I will continue going back to both as time stands, but for right now, Crash 2, fantastic game, I haven't actually ex explained any of the game, I just explained the graphics and the differences. This is my personal favourite in terms of level design, I think uh, this, the first game suffers a lot from an issue, or this game still has it, but the second game has much less of an issue with corridors because Crash 1, even when you're like outside in the jungle, it feels very corridory. This game, due to how the engine works, still has corridors, but they do a better job at making the levels feel more spacious and uh, more varied than the first game does, which is why I generally find myself going back to this one more. Plus they made it a bit easier, which some people consider a bad thing. I think that's fine because it makes it a bit more accessible to all players. On top of that, there's greater level aesthetic variety in this game, even though they do still repeat some level aesthetics, so that's nice when you're doing one long marathon session. It doesn't really matter too much if you're playing it like in small bursts, and you're leaving like a week between each burst, because you're not going to bother about repeated content as much. Uh, Crash Bandicoot 3, on the other hand, this is a lot of people's favourites. Myself, I like this game, but yeah, it's not one of my favourites. Uh, a lot of people are going to disagree with this opinion, but I feel this game suffers from the same issue that Spyro 3 does, in that they tried way too hard to make it varied. 
The crash levels are so much fun in this game. They're very open. Uh, the level variety is incredible in this game, even with the gimmicky levels. But the gimmicky levels are the issue. They don't feel like crash, and the ones that do feel like crash have problems of their own, such as level design issues or control issues. If they just kept this as like exclusively a crash game, none of those side levels, this would easily be the best in the trilogy. The level design and the level aesthetics are so unique and original compared to the first two, it stands out as its own thing. But um, as it stands with this content in the game, I don't like it as much as the other titles. Not to say it's a bad game, because it is still a fantastic game, just a few more issues with this one. And the reason I compared it to Spyro 3 is because I have the exact same issue with Spyro 3. I don't I don't mind like a little bit of variety, but I mean, come on, how many playable characters were there in Spyro 3 and how many of them were particularly fun? I guess I'm not in too much of a position to comment because I'm not like a huge Spyro fan and I've only played parts. But yeah, come on, I play a Spyro game to play Spyro. I don't play it to play as a um, penguin who blows up stuff. Same with Crash. I don't play it to um, play in airplane. I play it to uh, I play it to spin some boxes, eat some wampa fruit, and generally terrorise innocent animals. So yeah, that's my opinion on that. But how does the insane trilogy version of it stack up to the original? This is the one I spent the least time in in the insane trilogy, but it looks gorgeous. They did actually fix some issues with like glitches. So there's. I can't remember which boss fight it is in the game, but there was one that you could cheese by running straight into the corner, the top left corner. They fixed that bug, oh no, yeah I guess it is a bug. They fixed that bug and included a little easter egg, so Crash 2 includes a lot of stuff like that. Little, oh, it's Crash, Crash 3 includes a lot of stuff like that, the insane version. And actually so did the other titles, but Crash 3 is just the one where I remember it the most from the footage I've seen. I mean, I've watched all of these games. I haven't really got too far in the insane versions, but yeah, Crash 3 cleans up so nicely, especially the, the first level you play looks so nice, like the first two games do look really good, but the lighting on that level, oh, lush, absolutely lush. Of course, it's all good knowing my opinions about these games as a filthy casual, but I want to know your opinions about the games we'll be talking about tonight, so be sure to send them in on Discord or send them in through Twitter. Maybe even you might want to send them in for an email if you're feeling a bit shy to either of those two platforms. Doppelresort at gmail.com. Let's see what you guys have been saying in the chat. You've sent me a lot of messages, so they better, uh, they better be saying some good stuff. The reason I stumbled was because Twinny said something which I actually had in my mind. Twinny said, let's be happy Viper didn't say apples when mentioning Wampa Fruit. I was really tempted to say apples, and that's because that, um... I feel like this was so many years ago now, and by so many I mean like only a few years ago. A uh, meme that spawned out of Games Done Quick <laughs> of the one speedrunner who got banned, and uh, one of the things he went on a massive tirade about in his Crash 2 speedrun was how people call them apples instead of Wampa Fruit. That's all I that's all I can think of when I think about Wampa Fruit, so <laughs> I almost said it. And I'm glad I didn't, because apparently uh, that that would have rubbed Twinny the wrong way. Um, Brit, Brit Gamer says using the Wimps bazooka is so much fun. That's the Apple, uh, that, yeah, that's the Apple firing cannon. I actually said that by accident that time. That's the Wampa Fruit firing cannon in the third game. That's one thing I didn't talk about actually. The gimmicks in the third game and the power ups as well. 
So the third game has power-ups. Um, I'm trying to remember all of them. There's like the spin in mid-air and I don't remember any of the power-ups actually. The bazooka's the only one that I actually remember, which actually fire one for specific targets. But I, I don't think they're entirely needed, but at the same time, they don't take away from what's already there like the gimmick levels do, so I can excuse them being there a bit more. So they're not horrible, and or they're, they're they're good. They're not horrible, so um, take that as a nice thing I said towards Crash Free. I don't think some people would be happy with me bashing Crash Free. On the other hand, Electric Boogaloo says that his first introduction to Crash Bandicoot was on the interactive CD sampler pack Volume Three, a PlayStation sampler disc, because that was very common on the PlayStation, unlike on the Saturn, which only had a few sampler discs. PlayStation had them everywhere, and that reminds me of the uh, infamous Crash Bash incident. For those of you who don't know of Crash Bash, it was a party game, and it was the first game of the Crash series not developed by series creator Naughty Dog, because this was when they lost the license to Crash. Uh, it's a party game, it's sort of in the same vein as Mario Party, except not really, because it's, it's a party game that has more of a focus on minigames than it does on a board game aspect. But either way, one of the one of the things this game is infamous for is that it was given away on a Pizza Hut uh, demo disc. And Pizza Hut just randomly decided, "Hey, we're going to make PS1 demo discs." We were we miraculously decided, uh, or we miraculously found a way to develop PS1 games, and uh, we're going to burn them. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to burn them onto a disc, and we're going to put some toppings on it. We're going to include some pepperonis on this uh, delicious disc, not dish, disc. But yeah, the Pizza Hut demo disc had Crash Bash on it, and people discovered that all it did was basically lock away the contents. It goes, nah, you can't play anymore, purchase the full game. Except all the content was actually on the disc. Ooh, scandalous. So people found out that a... Well, it was many years later, actually, well after the game was already off store shelves. People discovered that you could use a cheat device to access the full game on this demo disc. Whoops, that was a bit of a mess up, yep. There's actually quite a few games like that, the, the other one I can think of is, uh, I don't know how do you pronounce it, is it Kiro? It's either Kero or Kiro, I'm going to say Kero. Kero Flying Squadron for the Mega CD, there was a demo disc for that that actually contained the full game on it. Just and You didn't even have to use like a cheat device, you literally put in a level select code and you unlocked the full game, it wasn't very secure at all, so at least it was a bit more secure than that, but at the same time, I mean, come on, how hard could it have been to create a proper demo and delete the files off the disc? Yeah, Twinny says, God damn do I love that time travel aesthetic with Warped. Yeah, the time travel aesthetic is pretty good, it's definitely a different story to the practically non-existent stories of the first two games. It's such a shame that they were getting started with good stories and crash games, and then Naughty Dog, uh, bless their souls. And I was going to say bless their souls, but obviously they're still working on stuff. But they were wrenched off the Crash series, either way. But yeah, they were just sort of getting started. It felt like with Crash Free, they were attempting to make a more story-driven game, but that didn't work out in their favour. Well, it it did, but you know, it didn't work out in their favour long term, should I say? Either way. Uh, what else we got? Um, I'm just seeing a lot of words right now. I'm not really seeing much stuff that's um, relevant. Oh yes, Twenty brings up a good point that Crash One's save feature is ass. 
Yeah, I agree, unfortunately. So, Crash 1 on PS1 actually doesn't have a save system. I completely forgot about that. It only has a password system. And uh, password systems, I mean, were bad in, like, the 1980s. But the Crash 1 came out in, like, what, 1996? And it still had a password system when the PS1 had memory cards. What? Who designed that? But either way, yeah, later games had, thankfully, had a save feature, and Crash 1 on Insane actually has a proper save feature, but I mean, come on, really, 1996 and no save feature? Whose idea was that? Um, hmm. Apparently... Brit Gamer is considering naming one of the child dual analog, either that or another thing, Albatross. I, I don't know which one it is. It wasn't made clear which one he was referring to. Uh, Electric Ruler says, "I do own this demo disc, the final one in the US, which has Crash Bag and the or Crash Bash and the debug code that unlocks the final game. This is oh, okay, never mind then. Uh, this is the." Kiosk demo disc 2004-2005, the final demo disc made in the US for for uh, the PlayStation 1. PlayStation 2 had different demo discs by that point. And yeah, apparently I'm wrong. Crash 1 had both password and memory card support. It's weird because I've only ever seen memory card support. or No, I've only ever seen password support, never seen memory card support. So, I uh, that's a fact that I now know. And... Yeah, Jamie, you probably are, you probably, in fact, are right that it only saved, or it saved on bonus stages, but still. I guess that's why you guys were all complaining then, saving on bonus stages, especially considering how hard in some later stages it can be to get to bonus stages. Yeah, your best option is the passwords in that case. May as well just not have, um, passwords. Brick Gamer is now going to is now going to name the third Chow Jewel analog due to my mishap. And um, Twinny has listed the Crash Bash minigame categories, which are ballistic, polar bu- or polar push, crate crush, pogo pandemonium, pandemonium they call it pandemonium, tank wars, crash dash, and medieval madness. I don't know why I read that out on air because it's not really related aside from the fact it's Crash. Either way, I think it's time. One last time to get back over to that coast and win yourself some final easy points. Trivia Coast. So, the Trivia Coast. Yes, uh, you may recall that I asked you some questions earlier on. Those questions were How many triangles does Crash's model in Crash 2 contain? And the medium question was How. What were the initial. What were the initial. Initial prototypes of Crash Bandicoot named. Not Crash's name in the prototypes, what were the initial prototypes named? Now with that in mind, you've got like three minutes to earn one point, and I'm sure most of you know this answer. It's not even a difficult question. You, Even if you don't know Crash, you know the answer to this question. With that in mind, Crash wasn't the only popular title on the PlayStation. Even though the amount of hype surrounding the game is much greater than that of any of the other titles on the console. What is the Crash 3 level Tomb Wa- or what game is the Crash 3 level Tomb Raider referencing? What game is the Crash 3 level Tomb Raider referencing? 
screen for eight hashtag 6383 on Discord. You got like actually no, I think you got a bit longer because you still have the you still have a few requests which I didn't get to play in that last block. So maybe like five minutes at most. Either way, get in your result. Nope. Uh, <laughs> nice, nice answer there, Brick Gamer. Get in your um, answers quickly, and I will see you in just a second. But for now, let's get in some more music from my favourite. Let's get into some from Crash 2. This is Turtle Woods. That's also requested by Callum. And then we'll get back to the results for the not exactly difficult game of Trivia Coast. See you then.
Tropical Resort, only on Radio Sega. The Trivia Coast are now closed. Trivia Coast. So what answers did you manage to put down? Did you manage to get the correct answers? Or did you flub it? Let's find out here in the Trivia Coast. But let's find out what you heard. More importantly, first. From Crash Bandicoot 1, that was Hogwild. That was one of my own picks. Before that, from Crash Bandicoot 1, once again, that was Heavy Machinery, as requested by Jamie64326. Before that, from Crash Bandicoot 2, that was The Eel Deal, as requested by Twinny. He requested that about two weeks ago, actually, the off-topic episode, but I decided to hold it back since I knew I'd be doing this episode just a bit later on. And kicking off the box once again, one of my own picks, although Callum also wanted it after I'd already slotted it in. From Crash Bandicoot 2, that was Turtlewoods, and now we are back, and it's time to find out what those ever-so-lucrative answers were. So we're going to kick things off with the easy question, just to tease you all that bit more, since, well, none of you had issues with getting this at all. Crash wasn't the only popular title in the PlayStation, even though the amount of hype surrounding the game is much greater than that of any other titles. What game is the Crash 3 level Tomb Raider referencing? Duh, even even though you guys are massive fans of this game anyway, you would have known it even if you'd never even touched the game. The answer was Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider, Tomb Raider. Yeah, it's really creative, but it probably makes more sense in the context of the game. Oh well, either way, that was your one point, and the people who managed to get that, I don't keep... I don't keep a list of who managed to get each question, but I believe it was Jamie, Brick, Ghost, Twinny, and Electric Boogaloo, because they're the four who have been repeatedly entering tonight. So thank you to those guys for keeping me company on this game show. The medium question was, Crash Bandicoot 1 didn't always go by the title we know it by today. Before the onomatopoeia and before the team chose a Bandicoot as the title character, the game's name implied something much different to the innocent and fun final name. What were the initial prototypes of Crash Bandicoot named? The answer to this one, well, it ties further back into Sega than you may think, so in reality, the original games even have a connection to Sega, not just this insane trilogy. With that in mind, it's important to note that 
all platforms at the time typically re resolved around animals and they were side on. This is one of the first 3D animal mascot platformers to be in the 3D environment. So, how do they mock the other animal platformers that are in 2D? The answer is by naming the prototype to your new 3D platformer, Sonic's Ass Game. The answer you were looking for was Sonic's Ass Game, as in ASS, as in Backside. Yeah, um, <laughs> real cheeky of the developers to do that one, but it's, it's pretty funny to be honest. The ones who managed to get that correctly were Jamie, BritGhost666, and Electric Boogaloo. Twinny was guessing for um, a few. He's guessing actually for quite a lot of other characters, I think. But the key, the key, as I mentioned immediately afterwards, since it was clear that quite a few people uh, didn't get the question correctly, it was that I was looking not for the character's name, but the name of the actual prototype. So, Twinny threw up some ideas such as Willy Wombat, which was technically correct. Same with Wes the Wombat. They were initial titles for Crash Bandicoot as a character, uh, but not as a game. So yes, congratulations to you guys, you got your three points. And now, coming up next, we are going to go on to the hard question, which wasn't really that difficult, but there's someone who disagrees with my answer to it. Crash Bandicoot 2 was a game known for using the PlayStation's hardware relatively well, even if it does display many of the graphical issues commonplace in early to mid-life PS1 titles. How many triangles does Crash's model contain in the second title in the series? This one should have been fairly simple, yet one person decided to make it not simple. Uh, this is somewhat of a trick question when you consider that Crash 1, 2, 3, and there's another one as well. Uh, let me just look back up quickly. Yeah, so Crash 1, 2, and 3, I thought Tag Team Racing, but I think Tag Team Racing uses different models. Either way, Crash 1, 2, and 3 all use the same model, so it was a bit of a red herring to make you search for Crash 2 instead of instead of uh, the other games. So the answer, at least according to everyone in the chat and the sources that I've been able to back it up with, the answer was 532. So you were looking for 532 triangles in Crash's model between all three games. Now there is one person who is disputing this, and this is Jamie64326, who has been watching a video by A Plus Start, um, technically semi-friend of Scottnik. Uh, he does this excellent series known as Low Poly, which analyzes character models in games and compares them and the number of tries and polygons and faces and vertices. I don't remember what I said, to be honest, Electric. I probably said Tag Team, maybe? I, I don't know what I said. I'm in one ear, out the other today. But yes, so he was watching an excellent series known as Low Poly, which you should go and watch once Segmix Drive is done tonight. It's really entertaining, by the way. But this mentions that the number of tries that Crash Bandicoot... Hang on, Jamie. <laughs> oh dear, Jamie, I just realised what you've done. The number of tries that... Crash Bandicoot has was 732, so Jamie submitted me his answer as 732. However, on the screenshot literally right next to it, it says the correct answer, which is 532. So I only just discovered this once I opened the screenshot at this current moment, so GG <sighs> Jamie is all I have to say. <laughs> the answer was right next to you. 
Uh, I want to see what his reaction to this is in the chat room, so I'm sure it'll be priceless. Yeah, I said tag team racing. You'll see the reason why I said tag team racing a bit later into the show. Whoops. Either way, yes, yeah, so I'm going to total up how many points each person got. So, Twinny got six points this week. Brit Ghost got all eight points. I, th- I believe... Actually, no, he wasn't. Uh, Jamie got four points. Have I calculated that? Nope, I haven't calculated it correctly. I'm an idiot. So, Twinny managed to get six points overall. Brit Gamer got all nine points. It's not eight points. I don't know why I said eight points. Jamie managed to get four points. And Electric Boogaloo managed to get... I believe, yeah, he believe, yeah, he got all nine points, is what I'm trying to say right here. So, our winners this week happen to be Electric Boogaloo and Brit Ghost 666. So, you win absolutely nothing. Give yourself a pat on the back. Go get a cup of tea, or if you're American, go get a cup of coffee. Obviously, Brit Gamer isn't going to be American, and I know Electric Boogaloo's American, but that goes for the rest of you as well. If you didn't do as well as you'd hope this week, or, well, you didn't participate, there's always a next time. So, in next two weeks from now, which will be the end of the month already, that's a bit spooky to think about. A bit spooky to think about, yeah, you see what I did there? But, yeah, if you didn't do as well as you hoped this week, or you didn't enter, there's always another chance and another topic. So, don't worry. We'll catch you next time here at the Trivia Coast. But for now, I think it's time that we got into another track from Crash 2. You're noticing a common theme with this music here. Yeah, it's from the free games that are eligible for tonight, because there's only free games. From Crash Bandicoot 2, the insane version, this is digging it. And when we come back, it's finally time for the return of this segment. Because I haven't done Discord calling or this segment in a really long time, and I apologise for that. But we had the complete opposite issue of now we're way too early. So we have the full time to enjoy this segment. Either way, enjoy digging it.
missed an episode and want to catch up? Want to re-educate yourself on the topic of a previous show? Download our podcast from the Radio Sega Media section. Subscribe to us on iTunes or stream the show through Stitcher. One opinion, two opponents, and only one will be triumphant. This is Test Your Topicality. Are you finally ready to have your topicality tested? That's what I want to know, but... For that, I also want to know what I just played you. So from Crash 3, that was Dingo Dial, and Boogaloo wanted that one, and I listened to it in a preview window, and I'm like, wow, that's really good. Gotta throw that one in there. For that from Crash 3, once again, that's Tiny Tiger, one of my own. From Crash 3, that was Digging It, one of my own. And now it is time for Test Your Topicality. So if you want to join, Discord, grab a microphone, join the chill out, and prepare to have your topicality tested. Ooh, spooky. Uh, there's one person here, but I actually have one person in mind. So I'm going to private message them and see if they want to come on this show. Uh, let's do that. Since since I know, uh, they actually, I don't actually think they've been on the show before. So this will be interesting as a first time. I wanted them on for a different episode, but they were busy that day. Uh... Yes, okay, that's worked out perfectly. So let's give them a ring. Discord will probably play the ringtone noise, because um, it does that. It plays the ringtone noise even when I've asked to turn it off. Let's give them a kill. And Discord doesn't notify me of when the call stops ringing. Come on, Discord. Make it a bit more clear, at least. I mean, <laughs> this isn't exactly the most obvious ringing notification of all time. Hello. And, whoa, and there we go. Welcome to the show, Callum. How are you doing today? I'm pretty good, man. You? I'm doing pretty good myself, thank you. Let's just raise your volume a bit, since new new, new cables who this. Yes. Yeah. Hello. Uh, okay, yep, that's good. I'm going to fade down the music just a bit more. So... Um, have you listened into the show during the segment before? Do you know what Test Your Topicality is, roughly? Oh, God, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been roped into it. So Test Your Topicality is where I I find an opinion, a relatively neutral stance from somewhere around the internet or one that I've come up with, and I'm going to randomly give me and you a stance on it, so either you'll be for it or you'll be against it. Right, and, okay. you, and in the set time limit, which today is going to be seven minutes, you have to argue for or against that reason off on the spot. Oh, Christ. Yeah, it's <laughs> as bad as it sounds, but uh, trust me, it will go fine. Okay. So, today's test of topicality for those of you attempting somewhat to play along at home. Did the Crash Trilogy require an HD remake? And I'm going to task you with uh, this one. I'm going to task you with why the Crash Trilogy did require an HD remake. And I'm going to be arguing as to why it didn't need an HD remake, really, to be honest. So, that in mind, a timer will be starting in just a second, and then you'll be going first. So, get a point ready. Wait, what am I doing? Oh, uh, you gotta you got to argue as to why Crash needed an HD remake. Or the Crash games needed an HD remake. Right, okay. So, get ready. Three, two, one, go. So, Callum, why did the Crash games need an HD remake, do you think? 
Well, I, I think they wanted basically to re. Uh, uh, they they wanted to. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> they wanted to um, basically bring Crash to a new audience. So if if uh, if you if you like um, a kid and. You you necessarily you don't know what Crash is. If you if you jump straight into the insane trilogy, uh, you're probably gonna want decently good graphics because you're on you're only a kid. You don't really know uh, know much. But um, uh, for the for the new fans as well, um, uh, it it brings it to. Um, it, it it gives Crash a um, basically a an a new style, could you say? And um, God, this is hard. Yeah, that's the whole point of it. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. Uh, I I thought this was gonna be like, oh hey, um, I'm here. <laughs> so, uh, sorta. <laughs> that, that, that's next week. But anyway, yeah. Uh, okay. So yeah, just back and forth while I'm doing my point, you can go ahead and think of your next point. Okay, yeah, yeah. So uh, I don't think the Crash games really needed an HD remake, because why would a port not have been suffice enough? Because with a port, you can emulate it, you can blow up to 1080p anyway, the difference is it doesn't have the nice new lush graphics, but the thing is, this trilogy was never really aiming aiming at kids, considering the difficulty of the games, and there's no compensation for the difficulty, such as an easier mode in this game. So I think... That graphics making it more accessible isn't exactly true. Therefore, they didn't really need to make an HD remake because they could have just ported it to PS4, and everyone would have been fine with that. But but the game wouldn't look as appealing though to uh, the newcomers. That's very true. But graphics aren't everything, and especially yeah, in these true. games, yeah. uh, the graph the graphics that they had. Uh, uh, at the time, they used revolutionary techniques to get the graphics they have, but nowadays that wouldn't really... or the audience wouldn't really know that if they hadn't played the games at the time. But either way, graphics are something that can matter, but in the grand scheme of things, they don't really matter, I'm sure. The Insane but, Trilogy um, but, will be looked down upon at some point in the future. But honestly, like, if, if they went straight for a, a, like a, a straight-up port, um, there, there wouldn't be as much appeal for it because um, it's just like the same old crash you've seen before, just upscaled in 1080p. Um, you can get that same effects on a um, emulator, and the, I, I think just by upgrading it, um, adding a bit more new, uh, a bit more helpful features, and uh, just generally making it making it more appealing made more of a reason for people to go out and buy it, could you say? Yeah, I'd say so. I'm, I'm gonna say though, it, what, if, what if it didn't even need to be bought into modern consoles? Because I think it's already been on PS1, it's on PS2 through backwards compatibility, and it's on PS3 through backwards compatibility. What if, not even just a port, what if we didn't need a version on PS4 and new consoles altogether? Because the old games, as they are, hold up completely fine. You could go back and play them as a young child, even if you didn't grow up for PlayStation, and you could still True. understand the games and you could still appreciate the games. So I think, in a sense, they didn't even need to come to PS4 because 
one, most of the people interested will be interested in the uh, PS1 versions to begin with, and two, I think the originals hold up fine. But I, I, I think it was like a, I think the game uh, being remastered was more of a stepping stone for um, bringing Crash back because we know he's had a rough couple of years. Um, Skylands, yeah. Um, so, uh, what's it called? Um, Skylanders Academy. You've seen that? Oh, unfortunately, I have. Actually, it wasn't that bad, to be fair. The voice. Ow. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, yeah. The rock. His design change went through. His, his design went through a lot of changes, and um, I think they wanted to get get Crash back to its roots, and still say, that, "Oh, there's still hope for Crash." And um, I, I think it's um, it was more of like a choice to um, not only bring back Crash but to sell merchandise. If you get me, yeah. <laughs> if, I understand yeah. Have you have you have you seen how many Crash things have like been put out on short on store shelves since the Insane trilogy came out? Yeah, I mean, I'm wearing, I'm wearing a Crash Insane shirt right now, so I definitely know what you mean by that one. Crash Insane t-shirts, they brought out Totaku figures, they brought out, like, mugs, uh, crates and everything. <laughs> it's the, you could say it's a cash grab for the, the people who really love Crash and just, like, like it for nostalgia, but... Um, I'd, I'd say you don't really even need to bring back Crash in order to do all that stuff because you can. There's people who will always be nostalgic for Crash, and you can give you can give them merchandise and they'll buy it anyway just for the fact that it's old Crash, not this horrible new Crash the Titans. Even though Crash the Titans wasn't that bad, Crash. <laughs> uh, there's always going to be people who will buy the merchandise even if the franchise is dormant. Now I'd say as well, I don't think you even needed to make a new game in order for that to happen, um, because. Well, you don't need to make a new game, don't need to make a new remake, because it's just the simple reason of Crash is still an icon whether you like it or not. Even though people are like, oh yeah, but Crash hasn't been good since the 90s. But on the other hand, even like young children will still remember Crash of the Titans, it wasn't that long ago. There'll still be people, even if they didn't grow up with classic Crash, they'll still remember the brand, and it's an iconic PlayStation brand. So there's people who will always remember Crash, therefore they will be purchasing the merchandise, I, I think, myself. And, um, <laughs> that was rather <laughs> coincidental, because that's time up. <laughs> that, was, that was a pretty nice end to the conversation, it normally doesn't end that smoothly. <laughs> so, with that in mind, I managed to raise five points, and you managed to raise five points, which uh, ties normally really on that rare on this game show, but we don't have any sort of tiebreaker, so we... We clashed our heads and we came up with some good points, but what I want to know is since there's no disputed champion here in this case, down to chat. Based on the points we made, who do you think won? Do you think Callum made the strongest points in favour as to why Crash should go HD? Or do you think I made stronger points in, in as to argue why Crash shouldn't go HD? It's not the one you agree with the most, just the person you think made the strongest points and we'll read out who you think was champion after the music break. But anyway, Callum, have you got any final things you'd like to say? Anything you'd like to plug before? Yeah, I, uh, yeah. Yeah, if you... If you <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> <what it's> gonna <laughs> be. 
You know what it's gonna be, man. You know what it's gonna be. Um, if you don't subscribe to Supercar126 HD Productions on YouTube, I will literally rip the roof of your house off because I'm Storm Callum. Storm Callum is gonna come for you. You hear yeah, that? Yeah, he's, he's gonna. And it, and if I don't win this tiebreaker, Storm Callum's coming for you. Indeed. Yeah. Lock up your children. You know, hide your kids, hide your wife. <laughs> Yeah, hide your kids, hide your wife, and just don't step outside because there's a flood everywhere. Oof. And on that note, thank you for coming on the show, Callum. <laughs> it's okay. I'll catch you later. Uh, see you, man. See you around. And that was Callum, and now we're going to be getting into the Toppy Mix, and you know what the Toppy Mix is, but if you don't, it's a Sega track not relating to the topic of the episode, a remix relating to the topic of the episode, and a non-Sega track not relating to the topic of the episode. In this case... Our non-Sega track is actually not related, but our non-Sega track sort of is. So, sort of isn't. You, you'll see why. And then we have a remix sandwich in the middle from our lovely Rexy, who will be with you at this moment in half an hour's time. So be sure to stay tuned into Sega Mixer Drive, playing you the best Sega remixes for the next two or so hours. But we're still here at the resort, so we may as well make the most of it. So kicking off the toppy mix, it's a track from Project Rub. And it's known as I'd Die For You, the full version. And I'll see you for the final leg of the show when we come back. But for now, enjoy the Toppy Mix. Let's get scratching. The Toppy Mix. Rabbit!
That was officially probably the smoothest transition between tracks we've not only had all night, but probably this entire season. Welcome to the final segment of the Topical Resort right here on Radio Sega. What you heard was from Crash Tag Team Racing. That was Insanity Island, and Callum wants to know, how are you playing this? This isn't a Sega track. How uh, I, I give up trying to explain the, um, the Topic Mix, but I'll do it anyway. Toppy Mix is a Sega track not relating to the topic of the episode, a remix relating to the topic of the episode, and a non-Sega track not relating to the topic of the episode. That was the non-Sega track that didn't relate, even though it did relate. It's semi-related, because it wasn't eligible for the show, but it was a non-Sega track. Before that, from our very own Rexy, that was Crash Bandicoot 2, Cortex Strikes Back, Subdimensions, the OC remix. Um, the memory I have of this one was there was someone who directly re-uploaded this to their own channel and claimed it as their own work. <laughs> I literally did a side-by-side comparison showing that, yeah, this isn't your own work. Uh, lovely audacity, gotta love it. Um, <laughs> and they, they pretty quickly shut down their YouTube account after that, so that's the first memory I have of that track. But ironically, despite my, uh, my sleuthing work, and by sleuthing I mean I think Rexy found it out first, by that sleuthing work, um, <laughs> I never actually heard the original, or not original, but I never actually heard the track in its full. That was my first time hearing it, and I love that remix, so uh, shout out to our very own Rexy on that one. For that, from Project Rub, aka Feel the Magic XXXY, or Kimi no Tame Naru Shineru. That was I Die For You, the full version, because both that and the Rub Rabbits were DS games, and that meant that they were hampered by the DS sound card. However, both those games have full versions of a lot of their tracks, which are properly mastered, not compressed at all, aren't sampled, are just actually proper tracks composed in the proper way. None of that nonsense with the DS sound card. I just wish I could say the same for some of the tracks about Sonic Rush, because, I mean, come on, half of those tracks are still trapped on there. Actually, I mean, come on, o- come on, Otani, as well, with Rush Adventure. Can you please just give us a remastered version of Sky Babylon? Both me and Twinny are begging you, considering how many times Twinny's requested it for the show. Either way, you can tell I'm, I'm really badly padding right now, because we are so early. It's only it's only 15 minutes, it's only quarter to nine, and we're already done, and the last track is only two minutes long, so... Uh, in the meantime, I should probably tell you the fact that Brit Gamer has now named his third child. Che- uh, I almost said Cheo, which I haven't said in many years, because I learned how to pronounce it. He almost, he, he had just named his third child, and uh, in tradition of me messing up and not being able to properly read his messages... He has named it Jewel Analog. I want a photograph of proof that you named it Jewel Analog, but I believe you, but I just think it'd be funny to have a photograph of it. Either way, um, a happy birth to Jewel Analog. Uh, successful birth today here at Radio Sega. Topical Resort holds all sorts of events, including uh, public, public births. What, what else do we have? <laughs> I don't really know. We hold birthdays. Please book a birthday here at the resort. Uh, booking is available on our website, even though we don't have a website. Ah, interesting. You're playing Chow Resort Island. I thought you were playing like an, an actual, um, <laughs> an actual uh, like Sonic Adventure, for example. But yeah, so Chow Resort Island. Let's talk about that. It's a pretty cool fan game. I bet the same person who made Sonic vs. Darkness. 
Now, the only reason you probably know Sonic vs. Darkness, no offense, it's a really cool game, but it's, as fan games go, it's really under the radar. If you listen to this show during the first season, you may remember that one of my talk beds for off-topic episodes, because we used to have fixed talk beds, not just random ones for off-topic. Uh, the one that I used, one of them, was a remix of Sega Carnival from Sonic Riders. That was from Sonic vs. Darkness, it was a remix of Sega Carnival, and the same guy who made that fan game that I used the remix from made Chao Resort Island, a fan game centering around Chao, semi 2D, semi 3D. Uh, it's a really cool mod, honestly. Not, why did I say mod? I, I don't know. Oh, I know why, because <laughs> it said mood, and I read that as mod. Um, yeah, it's a really cool fan game that I'd recommend you check out. Go ahead and download it, just search it on Google. So either way, um, I normally say right at the end what the next episode is going to be, but I'm going to say right now we're going to have a little bit of a discussion about it. So the next episode of the Topical Resort here on Radio Sega, I don't know what number it is anymore, I've lost count of what number show this is, this is 16, coming up on episode 17 of the Topical Resort next Friday at 7pm, and yeah, Brit Gamer sort of blew my um <laughs> blew my steam a bit on this one. Oh, blew my cover, not blew my steam. Uh, blew my cover on this one because I was already planning to do this episode anyway. And he goes, yeah, you should do this episode. And I'm like, do you know what? I should do this episode. So just due to how weeks work out this month, there's only four four weeks in this month. And the fine and I still want to do an off topic at the end of the month. This means that even though Crash releases next Thursday, I still have to do the Crash episode a week before. So, as of next Friday, we'll be celebrating something that comes out the Friday after, so it's some, well, Thursday after, sorry, so something that comes out in two weeks' time. But, do you actually... <laughs> Shut up, Callum, for God's sake. Blew my steam. Oh, I made a mistake. But yes, um, so we're going to be celebrating, next week we're going to be celebrating the release of something that as of now comes out 13 days from now. I can't, oh, God, dates, you're hurting my head. So we're going to be celebrating the release next week of a game that comes out on the 25th of October, and that is Puyo Puyo Esports, and how are we going to be celebrating that? Well, we're going to be celebrating it by looking in-depth at Sega puzzle games, because you may remember back on episode 5 of the resort, we did Puyo Puyo and Tetris to celebrate the release of Puyo Puyo Tetris here in the West. However, this time I think we need to go a bit more grand, even though the game itself may be a bit lower on the grand scale. God damn it, Electric. <laughs> You'll see why in a second. Yeah, um, so we we have to go grander with the topic, but less grand with the game, because Puyo Esports completely cuts out Tetris. But I thought it was about time that we looked as the pu- at the puzzle game genre as a whole, so if you don't know what sort of stuff is eligible for that, we have the entire Puyo Puyo series, as well as Puyo Puyo Tetris, stuff like Columns. What other more obscure games do we have um, available as well, because they're like the well-known ones. Because I actually haven't researched into this too much. We have like, um, what's it? What's the new one called? There is a new one that just came out on mobile. Uh, new Sega mobile game. It's Sega Heroes. That's it. Sega Heroes literally just came out on iOS and Android like a few weeks ago in soft launch. So with that in mind, yeah, Sega Heroes, which is 
Candy Crush, not really a puzzle game, but in that sort of vein, either way, we got that probably coming up. I can find the music from it next week. We technically have Lemmings, since Lemmings was released on a few, um, yeah, Jay, as Jay, Jay literally just said, <laughs> as in two seconds after I said it, yep, Lemmings, we also have the various releases of Tetris that ended up being on Sega consoles, including stuff like Sega Tetris and Tetris Giant and Sega Ages Tetris. We also have Baku Baku Animal. Uh, that's really all the obvious. Oh yeah, Sonic Eraser. That has horrible music, but we have Sonic Eraser anyway. Puzzle Bubble, supposedly, on um, a Sega console at some point. Pengo, that's a personal favourite of um, social media social media handler of Sega. Danny, that's one of his favourites, Pengo. So we've got that coming up. We've also got some music from some N64 and PS1 games, and that's in the form of Pure Pure Sun. Because... They're technically now owned by Sega, yet they have different names. Although, yet they have different soundtracks on different consoles. That means, hey, Nintendo 64 music next week, if you request it. Apparently this counts uh, Super Monkey Ball as puzzle games, which I don't really. Of course, how can I forget Choo Choo Rocket is going to be coming up next week, and you already know what track's going to be in the show if you've listened to Radio Sega. For any period of time, I'm not even going to deny that it's going to be in the show, because it is. And we also have Sega Swirl, and if there's any more you can think of, be sure to send them over to me, but that's what I'm currently seeing over here. So a whole bunch of games that will be available next week, if you didn't actually know any... If you didn't know of any Sega Puzzle games aside from Puyo Puyo, there's so many more to choose from, so I do hope that you'll join me next week. Before we go, I'm just going to see what you guys have been saying down in the chat room. Uh, Rixie says that, yeah, apparently some of the Puzzle Puzzle games ended up on Dreamcast. That reminds me, Mr. Driller, I think that's a puzzle game. And Jamie says, yep, one of the Puyo games was published by Sega on PS1. So that means it's also eligible. Uh, Banjo, Banjo... Uh, no, just as in one game from the N64, not N64 games. Uh, sorry to get your hopes up, Caliph. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Pre-Pre's Sun 64 will be eligible next week, and Pre-Pre's Sun PS1 will be eligible next week. And I think there's one more uh, PS1 Puyo game, potentially, that we'll be seeing. Either way, tons of Puyo, hopefully some other stuff to catch. But as for now, speaking of people who we caught over in the chat room, we've had Shadix Croft, who's literally just typing for the first time of the entire show. We've had Callum, we've had Mr. Spooky Man, aka JB64326, we've had Rexy, we've had Spooky Scary Saganut. We've had BritGo66, we've had, uh, who else we had? We've had Scream Viperate, mohaha, that's me. We've had Twinny, we've had Electric Boogaloo, we've had some other people who've popped in and out during the day. We had Spooperbike, or Spookabike, underscore two, not Spooper, uh, <laughs> who I believe is lurking while listening, hopefully, if you are. Hello to you, good sir. Some other people, probably, who I've missed. Uh, who else has been lurking? There's so many messages tonight that I have to scroll back through all of them to be able to find them. Bowrench. Uh, Electric has requested stuff from... Can't say I've heard of Bowrench. Yes, we also have Brass Saturdays and we had J-Star Max. He brought up to us earlier in the chat. This is something that we're going to be obviously discussing on Off Topic this month. But they're making a stage play out of Golden Act. A Golden Axe stage play. Why? 
of all the games I could think to make a stage play out of, Golden Axe isn't one of them. It's like the least story heavy, most action intensive game I could think of doesn't adapt well to a stage play. But it exists! It's a thing that's out there! I don't know, either way. That's been all the people who've been listening in tonight. Thank you so much. Be sure to tune in. If you don't already know, we are over on Discord, radioac.gf.discord, where you can join us for future shows and uh, future events. Coming up next is Sega Mixer Drive with... <laughs> okay, Brick Game is now calling his next child Spooperbike. Brilliant. So yeah, coming up next is Sega Mixer Drive with Rexy playing you the best Sega remixes for the next two hours. And uh, what else we got? After that, we got RFN Live with Voice at 2 a.m., we have Sweaty Sundays, Sundays at 2pm, and then it wraps sadly back around to me, Green Viper 8, at the Topical Resort at Fridays at 7pm, because we don't have any weekday shows at the moment. To me, that will be changing soon, so keep your eyes peeled. We have in the return of the Hidden Palace, and a new quote-unquote show will be taken to your airwaves very soon, so keep your eyes peeled on that. Aside from that, you, you know, keep your eyes on the social media streams, on our announcements tab on Discord. All that other stuff. Stay tuned to Radio Sega. I've been Green Viperate. And Electric wanted this track, even though I'd already decided on it. This was the first track I picked out of my selections. From Crash Bandicoot 3, the Insane Trilogy version. This is Dr. Neocortex. I've been Green Viperate. You've been awesome. Thank you so much for listening. For once, I'm actually going to let you listen to another loop of this track before I play the music, because I really like this track. This is the main menu theme from Samadhi Amigo Wii, and then we'll be going back to Crash Bandicoot 3. I've been Groove Viper 8, you all have been awesome, thank you for listening and and, all, and as always, stay topical.
enjoyed the show? Check out the full Radio Sega live schedule at radiosega forward slash shows. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.